We want to welcome uh, Dwight Johnson uh, with us this morning. He is our one of our licensed social workers over at the Client Service Center, and he's also the manager of the uh, day room over there. So, Dwight, we are excited to have you on our program this morning. Thank you. Dwight, uh, tell us a little bit about what, what it is that you do as a uh, as manager and uh, social worker there in the men's day room. What I usually do is I have two things. I'm, I'm managing the, the Client Service Center, the men's day room, um, as far as just making sure there are supplies uh, for the men's day room as regarding to um, making sure with other staff there's hygiene needs or if there's any uh, contact facilities regarding any um, problems that need to be fixed um, as far as that goes. Um, mechanical in nature. Yeah, mechanical in nature, right, structural but, yeah. things that need to be, yeah. So, repairs. Right. Um, and then overseeing any, you know, staff and client issues, so that's that's the first part. Um, so managing those things, making sure any um, issues get addressed, um, conflicts get resolved, working on conflict resolution with the staff or, or clients, um, addressing those issues. And then the case management part would be really is when they come to the mission, we want to work on a goal to getting out of homelessness. So really it's trying to provide them resources in the community to get them back on their feet again. So why they stay here temporarily for shelter we, we want to address any of sorts of problems they may have. So some men have a need to find a job. They lost their apartment or couldn't stay with family, so they need to secure a, a job. We allow them to save money there, um, and they've got to buy by rules. They sign a general, like a contract, we call them lodging agreements, to mm-hmm. work on that, and they can save up to you know, $2,000. Uh, other ones are mental health. If they need outpatient mental health, they've been coming out of a hospital, if they have a mental illness, we want to uh, make sure they're connected with a local mental health agency to get outpatient treatment, following through with appointments. Other ones are if they need for substance abuse, if they have a problem with drug and alcohol addiction, getting outpatient treatment. So referring to outpatient resources or if they have some they're engaged, um, whether it's the substance abuse or mental health, uh, signing release information so we can talk to the various staff, the case managers that may work with them to get details on their situation. Uh, and then work on housing as well while they're getting that treatment, working goals to establish either income if they're disabled, applying for social security disability, going through that route, showing what the process for that, if they can work saving money here at the mission. Other ones are some men come in there and they are unable to work anymore, uh, either their retirement or they became disabled, and that's a new scenario we're finding. Uh, they can't work, they lost their apartment, and they need to um, wait and apply for social security disability. Uh, and so they do their health. There's many health concerns. You need to see a doctor and get these things addressed. They can fully function at the mission, but they need to apply for benefits and wait for them to be approved for those benefits to be eligible for that. So we, we allow for that. Or if they have a fixed income already, then we allow them to save money based on the reasons why they're here. And then each of the men, their goal is to eventually get housing. So we're just trying to meet with each one individually. If they don't know what's uh, in the area, providing those resources what they do, whether it's medical, substance abuse, mental health, housing resources, job, you know, openings we get. I get information from online uh, emails I get that I try to pass on to the clients. Well, you know, Dwight, you said something that I know probably caught Kurt's attention and mine is your goal is to get them out of the position that they're in, out of homelessness or out of the scenario that they were in. Uh, You're trying to move them forward, uh, regardless if they can work and save money. 
whether they have some mental health, trying to get them hooked up with SSI and SSD, trying to get them housing so they can go out there and function. But Dwight, you've been here for a long time. Uh, how many years have you been here? I've been here 21 years. Uh, mm-hmm. Come May 16th of this year will be 22 years. So. so you bring a lot of experience over the years of seeing all these things that go on at the mission. And uh, why don't you share a little bit about how did you actually come to the mission? Because I'm sure a lot of the listeners might not know. How did you end up coming to Haven of Rest? Okay. At the time when I uh, was interested in the mission, it was back in 1996, I was going uh, to the University of Akron working on a social work degree. Uh, I'd lived in Illinois for a while. I had relatives out there and worked, and I came back to uh, Ohio uh, in 95. And so I actually had had done uh, been to a community college before prior to that and was interested in the social work field and taking jobs related to that. I worked in group homes, uh, working with um, mentally disabled adults. And so I'd done that about four years prior coming to mission. So uh, the job I had was in Ravenna. And when I was going to University of Akron and I, um, living in Stowe, wanted to kind of a little more, something closer to Akron so I could, you know, be closer to school and not be such a commute. So I just took an interest. I heard about the reputation of the Haven Arrest. I, I got a tour of the mission back in 96. And um, I think from there I, I just proceeded to, to uh, pursue it. And then I put an application in and accepted me. So I was going working part-time at the time second on second shift while I was uh, taking college classes. You know, the way God works is interesting because um, you were, uh, well, I had actually known of some of your family members, uh, some of your siblings, I think from, I think we attended church uh, together. So um, I knew when I seen the application, uh, I, I kind of knew uh, sort of about you without really knowing you. And um and at the time, you were actually the very first, I think, social worker that the men's division uh, had. So um, maybe you want to tell us, how, how did you get interested in, in social work? I mean, you said you worked at group homes, um, and part of that. Was that something you just felt all along in your life? Was, uh, you know, you, you felt a burden and plus a, a feeling a gifting in that area? Or how, how, did, you, how did you find your, your way to, to social work? Yeah, I think some of the niche that I found out was really a combination of things. Just um, I actually did take some testing in college to see what career I would be interested in, and when those results said social work. So prior to that time, I did try nursing home for a while, and that just wasn't my cup of tea. So I, I, then I tried working with uh, group homes mm-hmm. with disabled adults, and then um, so I think through that was more confirmation of my abilities. Um, that was just kind of my my passion, and uh, I had a family member with mental illness, and part of it was, I think, through that, that's kind of where my focus has been working with the mental health population as well. So I think those factors were were part of making that decision. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Dwight, just as you were talking here, and, and Kurt even mentioning, you know, how did you come into wanting to, you know, be a social worker? I know one of the things that you do, you do a lot of very good things, outstanding. One of the things that's very important when you're a social worker is documentation. And I know uh, when you work with the guests that come over, whether it's somebody that's mental health or maybe they, they uh, or can't work anymore because of some disabilities, you're, you're a very good uh, documenter on putting a game plan together. So eventually, we don't know if it's going to be a week or a month. Sometimes they can stay 
How longer than that? How, I mean, is that true? Yeah, it can take several months to get to have somebody move out, uh, especially if they're disabled, if they apply for Social Security benefits and, and they're new to the mission that's starting that process out. It can take three to six months to see if they're eligible. Mm. Uh, not always a guarantee they're going to be approved of that. Mm-hmm. If they do become approved, then we do want to allow them to save their money at the mission and then move out. So, yeah, there's there's many factors here. And then also just giving the men saving time for them to save money here could be could be uh, a factor. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's dealing with them. It doesn't always go the way as planned. We have some underlying issues that come up that the men may work, but then they find out they have uh, drug and alcohol addictions. We have to address that and get mm-hmm. them help in that area. So, it's you know, depending on the receptivity. Do they want to get the help and, and, and admit they have a problem in that area and, and work on that? So just um, those factors, sometimes even legal issues. So just it can be a variety of things that, that come about that cause those things. Sometimes even their own um, background, maybe it's, if it's a criminal background that affects the eligibility for housing. So you work in those barriers, um, you know, medical issues that they might need to see a doctor for. So just just a variety of things to work through to get to that point where they need to be. Well, uh, I want to know, um, it's an interesting answer, and I was going to ask you one question based on that, but then, then I had another one to ask you. You, you, you came to the Haven of Rest um, with an interest in social work, and you mentioned family member, and so that's personal as well to you. Uh, but also I know you have a real heart for sharing the gospel with, mm-hmm. with people. I think that's evident if you're with you more than a couple hours. They find that out. People find that out about you. How do you use the the programs of the of the day room but um you know stepping in, uh, in, partly a social work but but how do you how is that a a, a gospel platform for you or how is it a, a ministry how is it a, a an old-fashioned term mission field how how, how do you um how, how do you bring that element to the work that you do well going back to that reason why i got here here hired in here or should say interest was it was a Christian ministry, and, that, and I mm-hmm. love that about that, that everything was Christ-centered. And then just even as I worked here and going to the banquets, hearing about all that aspects of that, that's partly the reason why I chose to work in the mission uh, and uh, based on other um, you know, re- agencies. I just thought this was the right fit for me. So part of that is really um, what is my purpose here? purpose here is just not to, as, we, as the mission, not to house people, but really to impact lives for mm-hmm. Christ. So when men come in crisis and, and they're needing a sense of hope, uh, as we show them love, uh, they may not have that from their family, they may have a rejection, uh, we, we demonstrate that <clears throat> by actually doing things, um, showing kindness, giving kind words. But also then that gives us an opportunity to speak in their lives, see what brought them here at the mission, and then sharing the gospel uh, with them. And um, so just you're praying for opportunities for that, for open hearts. Um, does it happen all the time? No, but I think through we have the chapel services. That's an opportunity to share the gospel. Um, we have one-on-one conversations with them in my office, and then really showing. Look, at this is something I believe. This is not something just we share from the pulpit. This is this is my life. Mm-hmm. This is it's a lifestyle choice. It's Christ transformed my heart. I want to live for Christ. Uh, here's the change He's made in my life. Here's maybe change others. Maybe I can't relate to your situation, but here I was. God worked in, in many different lives who've come to the mission. And here, how God can work through you, and so uh, sometimes hearing the word of God and 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 you know just the Lord working their lives, they can God can make that change. Really, it's not me; it's it's really Christ changing mm-hmm. their hearts, or recognizing sin in their lives, they need to repent of and turn to Christ, and uh, finding hope through Him and salvation through Christ. 
you know, D- Dwight, as Kurt, that's a good question because we can come, become very task oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know this, Dwight, all of us can experience this as there's so much that goes on uh, throughout the day. Great opportunities for ministries, great opportunities to share Christ, doors that the Lord opens. Sometimes you can get very focused on task. But one of the things that you mentioned, which I thought was very good, as we were talking about the guest that, that you uh, we serve, and this question comes to me a lot of times, you know, how long can somebody stay at the Haven of Rest? Well, your answer was, really, it depends because when you work with an individual and you're working with maybe a work program for them as they're saving money, maybe you're working with some other agencies, maybe you're working for the door uh, for housing to open up for them, maybe uh, there's some court appearances uh, that they are waiting for in regards to finding out what direction they're going to go. It's, it, it can take a while. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. that's And that's unfortunate that we're really trying to advocate uh, for the men uh, that I work with that, look, at there's some barriers we have to resolve. I've encouraged men to address uh, maybe their small warrants and, and their, their legal issues they've got to resolve, maybe paying off court fines or just they not showed up for court. So, yes, it's uh, definitely multi-layered uh, decisions, choices they made coming into that. Um, that's what I've learned really through the working with the homeless. It's not, it's not always circumstantial things that are just bad circumstances. Oftentimes it's their own choices. It's uh, mm-hmm. burning bridges, unfortunately, with those. They've um, helped them with their family or other agencies. And so because of that, uh, those bridges have been burned, uh, now they're lost without resources. And the kind of last place possible has come to a homeless rescue mission. So that's where we're, we're coming here. How do you uh, – I mean, just, just thinking about um, – the situations that you face or the individuals and uh, the, the situations that they face, um, there, there can be a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of effort uh, to work even with just one person and you multiply that by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how do you uh, keep from getting discouraged if you uh, are working with people that they, they, it seems to be taking a long time I mean, you said three to six months. Um, maybe uh, you know. Maybe then you've got not only that person to deal with, but maybe you have some maybe behavioral issues coming from other people or um, things that are just very, very complicated to deal with. How, how do you keep you and your staff from um, succumbing to discouragement? I think that learned is the biggest thing is not to get negative on the circumstance. Yes, it can be negative. It can be very uh, overwhelming. Um, but the issue is you need to persevere through that situation. You need to check out all options. Um, I, I just know if I get a negative attitude, and, and it can creep in, that it can discourage others. And so um, I guess recognizing some things will take time. And I think that's just reality of so many situations I've dealt with that it just has to persevere. And then looking at some other ways, even just maybe an outside of the mission, to make myself uh, – to get that balance mentally, uh, whether it's spending time in the Bible, whether it's listening to music, um, talking to others, getting some counsel to address that, talking to those in administration, um, hear good, clear communication that really helps build a um, good rapport with your staff and allowing them to, to share their frustrations as well. You don't always have the answers, and then sometimes that can be stressful. I like to have the answers to solve the problem, but that doesn't happen always. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can be setbacks that that man i just i couldn't believe this happened you know you're expecting one way and then it, it turns out the other way so 
uh, I think, again, Kurt, just, I guess, persevering and just doing the best can to help the person out. Well, you know, Dwight and Kurt, we probably could talk a lot longer here because, mm-hmm. uh, Dwight, you do, there's just a lot that goes on as you manage the client service center over there. A lot of opportunities, a lot of uh, scenarios that can be draining uh, to you. Um, so in saying that, how can our listening audience pray for you? I guess right now, since the winter months, I just would just pray for perseverance, um, pray that our attitudes would glorify God, pray that we would love the men and, you know, even the women coming in that, that you know, that, that come through our doors. A lot of people come in crisis. They're acting out because of that crisis sometimes or just frustrated and they're discouraged. And so we got to make sure we're not being negative and being a, a, a drawback to them. But encouragement, and so I guess we need to pray for the, for that. And um, right now we are low on staff right now in the men's division, so we need to pray for for future hiring of that. Uh, pray for the administration. Uh, just pray for good morale amongst the staff. Pray for uh, just the many situations that we deal with that this guy will work in these situations to resolve them. Uh, especially we have some people that are not not um, weren't supposed to be here, made to be in the facility, um, nursing home, or assisted living, or group home. Um, and then just for safety around the mission as well. So uh, just the multi-factor. I think ultimately is really that that, that the gospel we preached and hearts will be transformed. That's that's going to change the person. We can change the circumstances. We can get them housing. But until the heart is changed through Christ, nothing's going to change. And so that's the ultimate, really, uh, prayer we need to have is that lives will be changed through the gospel. All right, Dwight. Well, thank you so much for coming in and uh, taking your time to, to be with us and blessing us with your uh, presence and your explanations today. And we will uh, be praying for you. I know our list and our listeners will uh, also. So thanks again and uh, God bless. Thank you so much.